Welcome, dear listeners, to Episode 4 of the Wind Moon Magic Podcast. Today I am discussing the Elder Futhark runes. In this episode, we will unravel the origins, significance, and timeless allure of these ancient symbols. Join me as we explore the hidden meanings within each rune, discover the art of divination through rune casting, and unlock the secrets of wielding runic magic for manifestation and transformation. The Elder Futhark runes, hailing from the annals of Germanic heritage, carry within them the echoes of our ancestors, their stories, and their connection to the natural world. They serve as a bridge between the seen and the unseen, a tool for seeking guidance, and a catalyst for weaving spells that shape our reality. As a practicing eclectic solitary witch and herbalist, I've always been captivated by the mystical and the natural world. Through my own experiences and deep connection with nature, I've embraced the path of rewilding, finding solace and inspiration in the untamed beauty that surrounds us. On this podcast, we'll explore the realms of modern witchcraft, magic, and herbalism. Together, we'll unlock the secrets of the craft, dive into the mysteries of the moon phases, and discover the healing power of plants and herbs. I also host a membership, The Inner Circle, where you'll find over 22 courses covering various aspects of modern witchcraft, magic, and herbalism, with new courses added regularly. Whether you're a seasoned witch seeking to deepen your practice, or a curious soul just beginning to explore the magical arts, the Wind Moon Magic Podcast and Inner Circle have something for you. Get ready to embrace the magic of the wind and the moon as we journey together into the realms of witchcraft, rewilding, and herbalism. Let's discover the hidden treasures of nature and unlock the power that resides within each of us. Before I begin today, I need to offer up a trigger warning. When I decided to start a podcast on witchcraft and magic, I promised myself I wouldn't censor or edit the topics I cover. Sometimes witchcraft takes us to dark places and involves acts widely considered taboo in modern society. So in today's episode, we are going to be touching on blood sacrifice and using human blood, our own, in tiny quantities for ritual. You've been warned. And if that's not for you, it's totally okay. Come back next week for something else. Within modern witchcraft and occult practices, few tools captivate the imagination quite like runes. These sacred symbols with their ancient origins have been embraced by witches as a means of connecting with ancestral wisdom and harnessing their magical potential. Let's embark on a journey into the depths of history, unearthing the origins of the runes and exploring their ties to the natural world. And let's discuss the mythology surrounding their rise in popularity among witches and occult practitioners in the modern era. To understand the power and significance of the runes, we must delve into the culture from which they emerged. Runes find their origin in ancient Germanic tribes, such as the Norse, Anglo-Saxons, and, of course, the Vikings, who imbued these symbols with deep meaning and mystical properties. These sacred symbols were intricately woven into their mythologies, folklore, and spiritual practices, forming a powerful connection to their gods and goddesses. According to Norse mythology, the runes were bestowed upon humanity by the god Odin, the Allfather and Master of Wisdom. Odin hung himself from the world tree, Yggdrasil, for nine days and nights, pierced by a spear to gain knowledge of the runes. Through this mythic sacrifice, Odin became the archetype of the shamanic seeker, unveiling the sacred symbols and then sharing their wisdom with humanity. The story of Odin and the runes is an integral part of Norse mythology. 
Odin was the chief god of the Norse pantheon, and his quest for wisdom and knowledge was epic. According to the mythology, Odin sought to acquire the power of the runes, ancient magical symbols that held the key to understanding the secrets of the universe. At the center of the Norse cosmos stands the great tree, Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil's upper branches cradle Asgard, the home of gods and goddesses, of whom Odin is the chief. Yggdrasil grows out of the well of Erd, a pool whose depths hold many of the most powerful forces and beings in the cosmos. Among these beings are the Norns, three maidens who spin out the fate of all beings. One way they shaped fate was by carving runes into Yggdrasil's trunk. The symbols then carry these intentions throughout the tree, affecting everything in the nine worlds of Norse mythology. Odin watched the Norns from his seat in Asgard, and he envied their powers and their wisdom. So he bent his will toward the task of coming to know the runes. Since the runes' native home is in the well of Erd with the Norns, and since the runes do not reveal themselves to any but those who prove themselves worthy of such fearful insights and abilities, Odin hung himself from the branches of Yggdrasil, pierced himself with his spear, allowing his blood to drip into the well of fate as a sacrifice, and then he peered downward into the shadowy waters below. He forbade any of the other gods to grant him aid, not even a sip of water, and he stared downward, and he called to the runes. The well of earth slowly began to reveal things to him. The image of an ancient god taught him nine magical songs, but he remained in the tree, knowing that there was more to see. He learned nine words of great power, but continued his sacrifice. He survived in this state, teetering on the precipice that separates the living from the dead for nine days and nights. At the end of the ninth day, he was barely clinging to life, and just before the moment of death, his sacrifice was accepted, and the well showed him the runes. The runes were more than just a system of writing. Each symbol carried with it magic, and when used in the correct way, the runes could be used to weave powerful spells. Odin screamed as the knowledge entered his mind, and he fell from the tree. By offering the ultimate sacrifice himself, he had learned the greatest magical power in the universe. The story of Odin and the runes highlights the Norse belief in the importance of wisdom and knowledge. It also emphasizes the concept of sacrifice as a means to gain greater understanding and power. The runes continue to be significant in Norse mythology and modern practices such as divination and runic magic. Runes are deeply rooted in the natural world, and they carry within them the essence of elemental forces and cosmic energies. Each rune represents a specific concept or a natural phenomenon such as fire, water, trees, animals. They embody the interconnectedness between humanity and the natural realm, inviting witches to tap into the raw power and ancient wisdom inherent in nature. While the usage of runes waned with the spread of Christianity and the dominance of the Latin alphabet, their legacy endured. In recent decades, there's been a remarkable resurgence of interest in runes among witches and occult practitioners. This revival can be attributed to the desire to reconnect with ancestral wisdom, to tap into the power of symbols, and embrace the diverse path of magical exploration. In contemporary witchcraft, runes have become a versatile tool for magical workings and divination. Witches often inscribe runes on talismans, tools, and even their own bodies, infusing them with intention and channeling their energies for specific purposes. Additionally, runes are frequently used for divination, with practitioners casting or drawing runes to seek guidance, receive insights, and explore the threads of destiny. 
for me, working with the runes as a way to honor the wisdom of my northern European ancestors, establish a deeper connection to my heritage, and explore the mysteries of the past. There are too many, and just too much, to cover each rune's meaning and uses in a single podcast, so I highly recommend getting a good book on runes, or checking out the free resources on the website, windmoonmagic.com, where we have a description and correspondences for each. It's of course important to note that the interpretations and uses of runes can vary pretty broadly across different traditions and practices, so I encourage you to find a source you like when reading about the runes, but ultimately, to be successful in their use, you will need to forge your own relationship with them and see what secrets they reveal to you. And this is where we get to the trigger warning I mentioned earlier. Whether you use the runes for divination or as symbols within ritual and spellwork, you need to forge a bond with them. As the story of Odin and the runes shows us, this power does not come without sacrifice. Many practitioners, myself included, hold that to truly unlock the power of the runes, the practitioner must make a blood sacrifice to them. Before you come for me, let me explain what that looks like in my practice. We're talking about tiny amounts of blood. I have a lancet like diabetics use to prick their fingers and get blood sugar readings. It has sterile tips, which I dispose of in a sharps container. This is an easily acquired tool. You can get it at any pharmacy. Let's say I just got a new set of runes. I would perform a ritual to bond us, to weave deep threads of connection between each rune and myself, and essentially forge a magical contract between us. That might look like this. I set up my altar, or a sacred space in my garden, by laying out a white or natural colored cloth on the surface, and then I would place four candles in a square formation, with each candle representing one of the four elements. Arrange the new set of runes in the center of the altar on the cloth in a circle around a small bowl in which you're going to place an offering. I use a mixture of the following in the bowl, red clay or earth, honey, coffee, iron shavings, and later a couple drops of my own blood. Once the space is set up, I take a few deep breaths to center myself, enter a calm and focused state of mind, and then I light the candles. I stand or I sit before the altar, facing the runes, holding my hands over them, allowing energy to flow into them, and their energy to flow into me. I picture this as threads of light connecting us, and my vision gradually expands to see the threads of destiny branching out, crossing over one another all around me, and spreading off into eternity. Remember, the runes are a tool of the fates and destiny, and have strong ties to weird. Real quick, in Norse mythology, weird is a concept closely associated with fate, destiny, and the interconnectedness of all things. Weird is often described as a web or a tapestry woven by the Norns, the three female beings who govern fate. The belief in weird emphasizes that every action, every choice, every event is interconnected and has consequences that reverberate throughout the web of weird. It suggests that individual choices and actions are influenced by the past and in turn shape the future. The web of weird is an intricate and complex system of cause and effect that binds all beings together. Okay. Back to the ritual. Visualizing all the strands of fate spinning out around me, I like to speak aloud an invocation to the runes. You can find mine linked in the show notes. It's a bit long, but involves calling upon my ancestors, the Norse gods, and each rune individually. Then I use the lancet to prick my finger, and I add a couple drops of my blood into the mixture of earth, honey, iron, and coffee. Mixing that all together, I then dip a finger into it and gently touch each rune with a drop of the mixture. And as I do so, I again call on each rune to find this offering acceptable and join me in a working relationship. I am in essence offering myself to the runes 
and creating a contract between us. Once this is complete, it's good to spend some time sitting in front of the altar, holding the runes in your hands. Take a few moments to observe them, noticing their symbols and energy. If you have a rune guidebook or some resource that you like to use, you can begin to familiarize yourself with their meanings. Maybe journal a bit about what comes up for you as you handle each rune. I keep a dedicated art journal with a two-page spread for each rune. I've added notes on meanings and associations, images, colors, and that has become like my own personal quick reference guide to the runes. And I'm still adding to it, even all these years later. It's only recently that I've added in the Anglo-Saxon runes as well, and I'm still learning every time I work with my runes for divination or in ritual. Okay, let's talk a little bit about divination with runes, the art of rune casting, symbol interpretation, and um, how this can enhance your practice and deepen your connection with these very powerful tools. Rune casting is a fundamental practice in runic divination. It allows us to tap into the energies of the runes and receive profound insights. So to begin, you're going to gather your rune set in a bag or a bowl, and then with a calm mind and focused intent, gather up a handful and cast the runes onto a cloth. I have a designated cloth that I use on my altar for all things runic. You're going to allow the runes to scatter randomly, and this act of casting initiates a conversation between you and the unseen realms, opening the door to divinatory guidance. Once the runes have settled, observe their positions and their relationships to each other. Each rune carries a unique energy and message, and their collective meanings provide a holistic understanding of the situation at hand. Begin by studying each symbol as an individual, and then consider their interpretations, their elemental associations, and look for any intuitive impressions you may receive. Remember, rune meanings can be influenced by their position, by what runes they're neighboring, and the question or situation being addressed. So trust your intuition and allow the symbols to speak to you in their own language. This takes practice. And you won't always get it right. But the more you work with your set of runes, the more that connection and trust is built between you, the more clearly you can see their meaning. Myself, I prefer to work with the runes by casting them as opposed to using spreads like we do in tarot. To me, that just doesn't quite work with the character and nature of the runes. I also want to note that unlike tarot cards, the runes are more like living entities or spirits. They can be fickle, tricky. They can lie to you, mislead, and offer answers beyond what was asked of them. You must forge a relationship with your runes more akin to what you would form with a living being than a relationship you have with a tool. And that takes time. So take that time. Get to know each other. Okay, runic spreads. Here are some common ones. The single rune reading. This is like pulling a single tarot card. You pull a rune from the set, gain quick insights, or receive guidance on a specific aspect of your life focusing on that symbol's meaning and how it relates to your query. The three runes spread, lay three runes in a row, representing the past, the present, and the future, or the situation, the challenge, and the guidance, what to do. Interpret the runes individually and as a whole to gain a comprehensive understanding of the circumstances. Another popular one is the five rune cross. Arrange five runes in the shape of a cross with the central rune representing the heart of the matter. The upper rune indicates conscious influences. The lower rune represents the subconscious influences. And the side runes signify the external factors and potential outcomes. I don't recommend reading the runes for others until you're quite experienced. And when you do read the runes, whether for yourself or another, please practice good magical hygiene. 
Ward and protect your space and yourself. Runic reading is a practice that other entities, not always nice, love to get in there and participate in. You're placing yourself in a very vulnerable position psychically when you open yourself up to the runes. And you can't open yourself up to the runes without opening yourself up psychically. So be safe. Ward every time. Also know that every time you cast and read the runes, you are impacting weird and altering the threads of destiny. This is not to be taken lightly. Our choices and actions have consequences that reverberate through the web of weird. We can use runes as a means of making informed decisions, considering the potential outcomes and implications of our choices, to gain clarity, to navigate the complexities of cause and effect within the web. Weird holds a vast amount of knowledge and wisdom, and by tapping into it through runic practices, we can gain deeper understanding of our personal journey and the forces at play in our lives. I believe that working with runes, we can align their intentions and actions with the currents of weird. We become co-creators within the web, shaping personal destiny to some extent. Through runic casting or magical workings, we can aim to harmonize our energy and desires with the larger tapestry of existence. Crafting talismans infused with runic magic is a potent way to channel the energies of the runes into physical objects. So to create a runic talisman, begin by selecting a rune or a combination of runes that align with your intention. Then you're going to cleanse the chosen object, such as a stone, pendant, amulet. Um, I like to do that by passing it through smoke or sacred herbs. And then you can carve the runic symbol onto the talisman, infusing it with your intention and visualizing the desired outcome. Wear or carry the talisman to harness the runic energies and manifest your desires. Air dry clay is a really easy way to make runic talismans that can be worn or carried. I often use clay to make small runic talismans to add into a sachet of herbs and crystals tucked under a pillow or worn throughout the day. Or I might use a small slip of paper written on and rolled up. I don't like to fold the paper with runes written on them because to me the creases of the paper act almost like additional lines added to the rune and can warp and change their energy. I also don't like to mix runes in with other symbols or into sigils. They are, as I said, more alive than not, and I feel it's important to respect their sentient nature and autonomy, keeping them as individuals unique unto themselves. I think sigils are a great place to practice your creativity as a practitioner, but maybe not with the runes. In fact, I would urge you to practice and get really precise with how you write or shape the runes before using them in any talismans or ritual. When creating talismans, it's important to infuse them with your intentions, focus your energy on the desired outcomes, and connect with the runes energy. You can charge your talisman through visualization, stating your intentions aloud, or performing a ritual or meditation, focusing on the runes purpose and the symbolism. So we've talked about the history, use in divination, and making talismans. Let's talk about ritual. Rituals provide a sacred space to connect with the forces of runic magic and bring about transformation in our lives. Here are some steps to incorporate runic magic into your rituals. Cleanse and purify your ritual space with incense, smudging, or consecrated water. Arrange objects and symbols that represent the runes or your intention. Call upon the energies of the runes, deities associated with them, or ancestral spirits to guide and support your ritual. State your intention clearly, focusing on what you wish to manifest or the healing that you seek. Use runic chants or mantras to raise energy and attune yourself to the vibration of the runes. Chanting the names or sounds associated with each rune can deepen your connection and amplify the potency of your ritual. This is called Galder, and I'm going to come back to this in just a minute. 
also incorporating candles into your ritual, representing the transformative power of fire. Carve the desired runes onto the candles and visualize your intention while lighting them. Allow the flame to ignite the energies and carry your desires into the universe. Okay, Galder. In Norse tradition, Galder refers to a form of chanting, incantation, or vocalization used to work with the runes. It's a type of Norse spellcasting or magical singing that utilizes the power of sound and the spoken word. Galder involves the rhythmic and melodic recitation of sacred verses, and these verses may contain specific runic names, sounds, or invocations. They can even be just the runic names. The act of galdering taps into the energetic and transformative power of the rune and their associated deities or forces. The purpose of Galder is to create a harmonious and resonant connection with the energies represented by that rune. It's believed that the vocalization and repetition of runic sounds and chants have the ability to invoke or channel these energies, bringing about desired effects or outcomes. When working with the runes through Galder, practitioners may chant or sing the names of specific runes or runic verses. This involves vocalizing the runic sounds in a deliberate and focused manner. The repetition and the tonal qualities of the chants are believed to align the practitioner's energy with the specific rune's vibration and purpose. It's not always pretty sounding, and you shouldn't focus on making it melodic. Allow the name of the rune to move through you and allow yourself to shift and change the sounds intuitively. Sometimes it may just become pure sound, the words getting lost along the way, and this is deep primal magic. While chanting or singing, practitioners may also visualize the runic symbol or its associated energy. They focus their intent on the desired outcome and the guidance they seek from the runes. Galdar can be performed with accompanying uh, musical instruments such as drums or bells to enhance the rhythmic and energetic qualities of the chant or by itself. The use of percussion or rhythm can really help create a trance-like state and amplify the connection with the runes. This can even be as simple as keeping a beat with a hand to a knee in a rhythmic manner. It's important to note that Galder is a skill that requires practice, dedication, and a deep understanding of the runic energies. Traditionally, the knowledge of Galder and the runic chants was passed down through oral tradition, and specific techniques vary among practitioners and historical sources. Working with Galder can be a powerful way to connect with the runes on a vibrational level, activating their transformative and magical qualities. I love this practice. I think it's beautiful. However, I find myself lacking the privacy to really work with sound like this in a free and uninhibited way. I have a child at home. I have a husband who's not really into it. But when I can, it yields powerful magic. Infusing your daily practice with runic enchantments can deepen your connection to the ancient wisdom and empower your magical endeavors. Here are some ways to incorporate the runes and their magic into your daily life. Consider meditating on the runes or on a specific rune. Visualize their symbols and allow their energies to flow through you. You could use guided visualizations or create your own to explore the depths of each rune's meaning and energy. Create affirmations or mantras based on the meaning of the runes. Uh, repeat these affirmations throughout the day, empowering yourself with the energies associated with each rune. For example, Rado, the rune of journey and transformation, might inspire an affirmation such as, I embrace the journey of life. I welcome growth, change, and transformation. Use runes as a tool for daily guidance and insight. Draw a single rune each day, reflecting on its meaning and how it applies to your current circumstances. Allow the rune to guide your actions and decisions throughout the day. Charge objects such as crystals or water by inscribing runes on them 
or placing runic symbols nearby. Harness the energetic vibrations of the runes to infuse these objects with specific intentions or healing properties. Here's an easy way to do this. Get a dry erase marker and inscribe a rune on the side of a glass jar you are charging your moon or solar water in. Then you can easily wash it off and change it out. There are levels of skill when working with the runes and I want to say there is no shame in being a beginner. I've worked with the runes for many, many years and still very much consider myself a novice when it comes to runic magic and interpretation. Allow yourself grace and time. Relish the journey and chance to build this new relationship. As your relationship solidifies and you get to know each other, the runes will open up a bit more, granting you deeper insights. And know that the runes will test you and play tricks with you along the way. If you're interested in diving deeper into runic magic, the Inner Circle does have a course for you. This course is designed to help you unlock the power of the runes and incorporate them into your practice, bringing a new level of focus and intention to your magic. In this course, we explore the history and origins of runes, familiarize ourselves in detail with the runic alphabet, and learn the 24 runes of the Elder Futhark. You'll also discover how to use runes in divination, learn runic techniques and spreads, and explore rune magic and spellwork. Find more information on the website or linked in the show notes. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Wind Moon Magic Podcast. I hope you found inspiration in our exploration of tapping into the power and currents of runic magic. As we conclude, I invite you to take a moment to reflect on the wisdom of the runes. These sacred symbols offer us a connection to our ancestral roots and to the depths of our own inner magic. Embrace the runes as companions on your spiritual journey, guiding you with their whispers of destiny and revealing hidden truths. Remember, the runes are not simply symbols etched in stone or ink, but living energies pulsating with the essence of the natural world. We have the privilege of harnessing these energetic vibrations to manifest our desires, bring healing into our lives, and infuse our daily practices with their ancient enchantments. If you're eager to deepen your understanding of the runes and explore further magical practices, I encourage you to continue your journey with me. Join the Inner Circle where you'll discover a treasure trove of information on various magical arts, including an entire online course dedicated to runes and runic magic. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on future episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, I would be incredibly grateful if you could take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to me, and it helps others discover the show. Remember, if you're hungry for more knowledge and eager to dive into the craft, I invite you to visit my website, windmoonmagic.com. That's magic with a K. There you'll find the show notes for this episode, along with a treasure trove of free resources. Also, consider joining me in the Inner Circle. Inside this special membership, you'll gain access to over 22 courses and growing, covering a wide range of topics in modern witchcraft, magic, and herbalism. To stay connected with me and receive updates, inspiration, and glimpses into my journey, follow me on Instagram at windmoonmagic. Remember that's magic with a K and underscores between each word. As we bid farewell for now, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you for joining me on this extraordinary adventure. Your support and presence mean the world to me. Until our paths cross again, may the wind carry whispers of ancient wisdom and may the moonlight guide you on your own magical path. Thank you for joining me today, and remember, the runes are calling you to embrace their ancient wisdom. Until next time, farewell for now, and blessed be.